The longevity of the anointing is determined by purity and holiness in your life. The greatest and lasting anointing is found in those who love righteousness and hate iniquity. It teaches you all things and most importantly, it teaches you to abide. I'll repeat that again. The longevity of the anointing is determined by purity and holiness in your life. The greatest and lasting anointing is found in those who love righteousness and hate iniquity. It teaches you all things and most importantly, it teaches you to abide. One of the key secrets to the anointing is to determine that you will walk in purity and holiness because that is a secret to having a lasting anointing. You see, Saul, we were told, the king Saul, the first king of Israel, was anointed. Yet we all know that his ending was not well. The judge Samson was anointed. Time and time again, the Bible tells us that the Spirit of the Lord God came upon him and enabled him to do things which are supernatural, things which the natural man cannot do. That's what the essence of the anointing is. That it's power that enables you to do things that are beyond uh, the human capacity. And yet we know that his ending was not well. So having an anointing does not mean that you will always walk in a pure way. Romans chapter 11 verse 29 tells us that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Once God gives you a gift, he will not take it back. He has given it to you completely and he will not take you back. Even Lucifer or Satan, the devil as we call him today, was once anointed. The Bible calls him the anointed cherub in the book of Ezekiel chapter 8, he is mentioned as the anointed cherub. Yet when God kicked him out of heaven, in fact it wasn't even God, it was actually the archangel Michael. Uh, if you read in Revelation chapter 12, there was war in heaven and Michael and his angels fought against a dragon who is Lucifer, the devil, and his angels and a third of the hosts of heaven uh, joined him in his rebellion against God's uh, authority and rulership. And it was Michael who defeated him and kicked him out of heaven. And nowhere are we told in the Bible that his powers were taken away from him. So the anointing, once you've received, it's a permanent thing. It's a gift that God gives you. To, it is without repentance. And so we have to ensure that we are not deceiving ourselves that just because the power of God is in our lives, that we are walking with God. I hope we are together until there. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 8 says, I'm reading the King James Version. I love the King James for its poeticness, uh, but if you prefer, you could read in any other version. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 8 says, Let thy garment be always white. Let thy head lack no ointment. Let thy garment be always white. Let thy head lack no ointment. So we see clearly, and we know that white is always a, a, a color that represents purity. And so he's saying, let your garment be always white. In the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 5, Jesus is speaking to the church of Sardis. And he says, those who, walk in, those who walk with me will be dressed in white because they are worthy, because they have not defiled themselves uh, through sin. And, and, and we know that ointment or oil always represents the anointing in the Bible. So number one, always ensure that your clothes are white, uh, uh, your garment is white, which means that you're walking in purity and in holiness. And then after that, let your head lack no ointment. In the book of Psalm 92 verse 10, uh, we are told that he says, the psalmist says, but my horn 
shalt thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn or a wild ox. Then he says, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Uh, there is always fresh oil. There is always oil uh, for every day. Amen. His mercies are new every morning. And so uh, is the anointing. You can renew it day by day. So how does one ensure that this anointing is in their life? Number one, make your relationship with God to be the most important thing in your life. Recently I was listening to Pastor Benny Hinn and he was preaching to a group of young men who are just graduating from a, a school of evangelism. And he was telling them there is an anointing that is there for ministry, to serve God, to preach, to teach, to cast out demons and to do all that, or whatever service God has called you to do. But there's also the anointing that is actually given to you to minister directly to the God. This is not about serving. This is not about preaching or teaching. This is about your personal and intimate relationship with God. Let Jesus be your number one. Let him be your object of desire, not ministry. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these other things shall be added unto you. Jesus is speaking to the church of Ephesus in the book of Revelation chapter 2, verse 4, and he says to them, this is your problem. You are doing so many good things. He lists a, a number of things, I mean, very uh, things which are very uh, impressive. But he says to them, let you lack one thing, which is the most important thing. He says, you have forgotten your first love. Who is your first love? It is God. In the book of Deuteronomy, you are told, Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 20 says that God, He is our life. He is your life and the length of your days. He is everything to you. Not the ministry, not the work, not the evangelism, not the souls, not the service, not any other thing. He has to be your number one. Amen. So that is how you will ensure that the longevity of the anointing is sustained. That is why King David was a man after God's own heart. Not because he was looking for the anointing, but because he sought God with everything. He said one thing, Psalm 24 verse 27 verse 4, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, is that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Let Jesus be your first love. Let him be the object of desire. And I promise you, all these other things shall be added. All these other things. That's the funny thing. People are dying. People are fighting for all these other things. Yet he has given us a secret. He said, if you seek first my kingdom and its righteousness, all things shall be added unto you. Amen. So we need the anointing. And we need an anointing that is not contaminated. An anointing that is pure. And we are told in the book of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I believe it's verse 6. It says that the glory of God is found in the face of Jesus Christ. And as we look into his face, 2 Corinthians 3.18, we are being changed into that image from glory to glory. So as you do what King David did, which he said he loves to be in the presence, he loves to be in the court just to behold the beauty and, and the glory of God. And you know that the beauty of his holiness is that is his holiness. That's what makes God beautiful. It's his holiness. That's what makes you pure. It's your holiness. We were working so hard to look good. We try our best to look good on social media. We try our best to look good in our dressing, to clean ourselves outwardly. But Jesus accused the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the priests and the Levites, the religious leaders of his day, because he said, you have a tendency to clean the outside of the cup, but inside it's full of cobwebs. In fact, he called them whitewashed sepulchers. 
tombs that look so beautiful on the outside, but inside is full of men, dead men's bones. So we have to get to that place whereby we are being transformed from the inside out. Amen. I am more concerned what Jesus thinks about me than what other people think about me. That's what gives me peace at night. That's what, that's what I, I, want, I, I want God to see and to say that he is serving me. He loves me. He cares more about what I think about him and what other think, people think about him. Amen. In the book of Hebrews chapter 1 verses 8 to 9, uh, speaking of Jesus, and this is a father speaking, he says, but unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is a scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. So we are seeing that there is an oil of gladness. Joy is actually an anointing. An oil of gladness. And he says, how does it come? Because you love righteousness and you hate wickedness and iniquity. And he says, your throne. So Jesus has a throne. Of course, we know that he has a kingdom. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. Amen. And we are part of that kingdom. That's why the Bible says that we are kings and priests. We shall reign in the earth. We are a royal priesthood. So being a king and a priest, I have to be like the high priest who is Jesus after the order of Melchizedek. I have to be like Jesus who is the king of kings and lord of lords. He is my example that I follow. So if he loves righteousness and hates iniquity, therefore I will also ensure that I love righteousness and hate wickedness. And Proverbs 8.13 says that that is actually what the fear of the Lord is. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Amen. And that's the new nature that we have received. Once I have received Jesus personally as my Savior and Lord, I will have a new relationship with sin. The sin I once loved, I will now hate. The righteousness I once ignored, I will, I will now embrace. I'm not talking about hating people, please. I'm talking about hating sin. I'm not talking about running around and trying to find out what somebody else is doing and condemning them. No, we're talking about hating sin, not the sinner. Amen. So we have to get to that place whereby we love righteousness and we hate. And that's the nature that we've received of God. Many people are struggling in their faith because of lack of identity. You don't really understand what happened when you received Jesus. There was a divine exchange. There was a divine exchange. So because Jesus is in me, Ephesians 1.13, I am sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. What does that mean? The Holy Spirit has come into my life. And so now I can look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, which says, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. And then verse 27 says, The anointing which you have received of Him abides in you, and you do not need any man to teach you. But as the same anointing abides in you, it teaches you all things, and it teaches you to abide. It teaches you, it, it, it is of truth, it has truth, there is no lie to it. And it teaches you to abide. So the anointing will teach me to abide. The anointing will teach me to love righteousness and to hate wickedness. And when I'm in that place, I will get back to where we began from the beginning. That the longevity of the anointing is determined by purity. How do I receive this purity and holiness in, in my life? It is through Jesus. He has made him, God made him to be seen for me, that is Jesus, so that I am made a righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, not based on my works, not based on my ability to keep the law. No, 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 it's because I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, because his righteousness come by the Lord, and Christ is dead in vain. He has consecrated me, he has set me apart. Amen. The Bible says that we are sanctified through Jesus, not by our works, 
not by being religious please don't uh, please understand this so the purity and the holiness in my life which will give me longevity in the anointing comes by my faith in the finished work of jesus that's how you get anointing not by being religious not by being good not by morality it's by putting faith in the finished work of jesus and so the, the greatest and lasting anointing will be found in you because you love righteousness and hate iniquity that is who we are we are new creatures in christ the all has gone and the new has come and this anointing teaches us all things and remember jesus said that when the holy spirit would come john 16 verse 13 that he will teach us all things he will remind us what jesus has said he will glorify jesus and that he will guide us into all truth amen so this anointing teaches us all things and most importantly it teaches us to abide when the anointing is at work in your life you will say with king david one thing have i desired of the lord that will i seek after is that i may dwell in the house of the lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the lord and to inquire in his temple in the same chapter that's that's psalm 27 david says when thou said seek ye my face my heart said unto thee thy face lord will i seek and the sons of korah say in psalm 84 10 for a day in thy courts is better than a thousand i'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my god and to dwell in terms of wickedness all that god would put a hunger in you for his presence to abide in him that is a secret to longevity in the anointing. God bless you. Amen.